Welcome to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast, brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. This is Dr. Bill Kanaski. I'm stuck in another hotel room, uh, coming at you, recorded, not live, from New Orleans, Louisiana. Litigation hellhole cesspool is what I've learned. God, these Louisiana defense counsel, they have it rough here. Very rough, very, very rough uh, litigation environment here. Uh, I want to hit you with the short podcast today because I've been speaking the last day and a half to um, to clients here, defense clients in the transportation industry, but it really doesn't matter what industry it is. Um, but we have a big problem um, with two things. And we've talked about this before, but it's worth revisiting. Your uh, policies and procedures, right? Your training manuals and your websites, the language that you're using is killing you, okay? Smorgasbord for the plaintiff's bar. You know it, I know it. And it's a very painful uh, experience, particularly for your corporate rep being cross-examined on language that's idealistic. And that's just flat out not true. It's all feel-good language. It's all the safety stuff that we've talked about over and over, but um, you folks aren't getting the message, okay? Uh, plaintiff's bar is all over this and they should be. And you're setting yourself up for disaster. So we're gonna talk about some ways to stop that today. But first I'm gonna go on my rant, another airport rant, okay? Airports are packed these days, okay? I like to go to the airport restaurant, okay? I'm usually by myself. So I like to get a, just get a stool at the bar, you know, order my chicken Caesar, some you know, club soda, watch a little bit of a ball game. And you walk up to the bar, you know, the bar's packed and there's like two seats available, but somebody has their bag, their backpack or their purse on the bar stool. No one's sitting there. It's a bag, it's a backpack or a purse. Makes me crazy. And then I walk up and I, you know, excuse me, yeah. Yeah, I like to sit, like to sit down and get some lunch. Um, is anybody sitting here? And every single time they say, no, no, let me move my stuff for you. I'm thinking, why was your stuff on the bar stool in the first place? I mean, you know, you know it's packed. You know other people want to sit down, but no, you put your stuff on the bar stool next to you. Okay, stop it. People, stop it. And if you're a violator of this, you you stop. Don't do that. You put your bags behind you. You hang your bag on the back of the chair. Stop putting your stuff on the bar stool next to you. It's rude. It's not necessary. Because you're just you're just screaming to people, I'm holding the seat. And in reality, you are not. You are not. You're lazy is what it is. Okay? If you're not, no one's sitting there, leave the bar stool open, please. Thank you. Enough of that rant. It happens every week. It's making me nuts, okay? Be considerate of your fellow passengers, all right? We're all stressed. We all want to eat, okay? All right, let's talk about some of this stuff. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to show you this stuff, but I'm going to read it to you. Um, let's start with uh, policies, okay? Your internal policies, your procedures. Um, many companies I figured out do not write these things themselves. They hire this out to some firm to write it for you. And whether you write it yourself or you hire it out, you got to be thinking litigation. 
you have to run this stuff by your outside counsel or your risk management department before you publish this stuff because it's all discoverable and your key witnesses, particularly your corporate rep, is going to get hammered on the language. So let's go here to one I'm gonna to read uh, to you. <clears throat> At company X, I won't tell you what company is, I'm reading right from the uh, internal policy. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. At company X, safety is regarded as a fundamental value of the organization and without exception, it is the responsibility of every employee at all levels. Hmm. It's not a good start. I'm not sure what the purpose of that is, but it's going to be used against you. Let, let, let me proceed with this. At Company X, the prevention of accidents and injuries is of such importance that safety will be given first consideration at all times. Okay. Reptile attorneys salivating. To accomplish this, we are signing the responsibility for our safety program to all management and supervisors. Management and drivers alike, transportation company, will be held accountable for their actions and performance regarding personal and motor transport safety. Hmm. Okay, this is very, 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 very bad. Final, final sentence. This is the opening paragraph, by the way. Together, we can make a difference in the safety of everyone. Mm, that's on page one. Now, folks, um, we've talked about safety, safety language. Um, none of that is necessary. You can say stuff like that in meetings. And you don't put that in your policies and procedures. First off, none of it's true. None of that is true. Okay. Sounds good. But in reality, it's not practical. It's not true. It's very idealistic. Okay. And your safety culture, you have to have a safety culture. Okay. That's important. I'm not saying safety is not important, but the way you're describing this in your policies and procedures is going to get attacked relentlessly. And you're raising the bar, you're raising the standard of care on yourself because you can never meet those expectations. You can never meet or get over that bar because accidents do happen, okay? Accidents do happen. And the first thing they're gonna do is pull out that policy and say, well, you didn't follow your own rules, okay? You didn't follow your own policies. You didn't do X, you didn't do Y. It's right here in writing. Oh, so you didn't mean what was in the policies. We did a, we did a mock examination today of a, a corporate witness using that exact uh, policy. And boy, did it not go well. It did not go well. And the problem is you're stuck with it. And if you're the corporate rep, you're stuck with it forever. So what I told the audience, what I'm telling you, defense counsel, talk to your clients, look at their internal manuals, look at their internal policies and procedures, and edit them, <laughs> fix this language, get rid of it. So luckily, uh, this, this, this witness, uh, we were using this as an example during this seminar, uh, and he had seen me speak before, uh, uh, maybe four months ago. And so uh, this uh, company ended up changing their policies, right? Rewriting them from scratch, okay? So 75 pages of safety stuff, now it's, you know, now it's down to 15, 
And he was so thankful uh, that he told me, I mean, he, he, he said he peeled stuff off of the walls inside of the corporate headquarters because he had the safety's the top priority garbage plastered all over the, physically plastered on the walls, tore it all down. Okay, because we know that's not true. Okay, we have to avoid the whole safety is the top priority language because it's not. Safety is important. It can be one of the many important things in the company, one of the many important goals, one of the many important factors that you consider in the company. But this whole safety first, stop it. Stop it. I'm here at the Hilton in, the, in New Orleans at the airport. It's plastered, it's plastered all over the place. Safety, safety, safety. I checked in. Your safety is our top priority. I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. She goes, yes, it is. I go, is there a coffee pot in my room? She goes, yeah. I go, when's the last time the coffee pot was cleaned? She goes, I don't know. I go, you know, mold can grow in coffee pots, right? If they're not cleaned regularly. She kind of looked at me. She's like, yeah. But you can't tell me when the coffee pot was cleaned in my room? She's not, I, I, really, I really don't know. Hmm. But my safety is your top priority, right? Yeah, needless to say, I, I, I reptile people all the time and it works, but it's because of this language. So we have to stop this language, have more practical language. And I saw a truck the other day and on the back of the truck, it says, safety is one of my goals. I like that because that's the truth. It's a goal, but there's other important things going on in the company. Safety is one of them, but there are other factors going on. So how you describe the stuff in your internal documents very very important watch what you're what you're splatting across the walls or if you're a trucking company what you're putting on the side of your trucks okay because all that's going to be used against you at that position and trial and can certainly lead to a nuclear verdict or a nuclear settlement and we'd like to uh, avoid both of those things now don't get me started on websites i've got some examples here let's let me pull one up okay Company Y, I'm not going to tell you what company is. Uh, this is right from a website, open to the public and every plaintiff attorney in the country. Company Y has a longstanding history of being the industry leader in safety. Oh, really? You're the industry leader in safety? How do you know? Are you sure about that? Can you prove that? Industry leader in safety. Where's that coming from? Yeah, see, that's a feel-good, idealistic sentence that everybody's putting on their websites, okay? Your attorney, your outside counsel would not approve of that, okay? You didn't run this by risk management. That's just the first sentence. Oh, here we, and we have the numbers to prove it. Hmm, great. Where are the numbers? That's going to be a bad deposition. Let me, let me proceed here. Our goal is zero workplace injuries and zero over-the-road accidents, again, another transportation company. And our team is constantly work to, working to find a way to achieve this goal. Constantly working. Hmm. Okay. Imagine the follow-up questions on that in that position. It gets worse. Here we go. We work relentlessly to strengthen our safety culture and train our team members to recognize unsafe behaviors and situations. The most important tool we have is our people. Let me repeat this. We work relentlessly to strengthen our safety culture. Do you? 
What does relentlessly mean? Okay, that, that's a bad, bad word. It's just not true. Okay, so it's language like this, you're putting on your websites for no good reason, doesn't do you any good. Not, it's not getting you more business. Okay, take this crap off your website. You wanna have those discussions internally during safety meetings? Fine, don't be, don't be putting the stuff on your website. Let's go to another one. These, these websites are crazy. Okay, another transportation company. Guess this turned into a transportation podcast. Uh, let's say we'll call this a uh, company, uh, uh, City City X Trucking. City X Trucking. Safety this is right on the front page of the website. Safety is our number one priority. Customer satisfaction is our number one goal. All right. Why? Why, why, why? Okay, any good cross-examiner is gonna print this out, print screen. It's not, safety's not your top priority, it's not. Because if it was, you'd park that 80,000 pound truck, you, you'd park that, okay? You, you wouldn't drive it at 70 miles per hour down Interstate 10, you wouldn't. Stop putting the stuff on your website. It's not necessary. It's on the front of the website. But again, this is a reptile attorney's dream. This combined with your internal documents. And then when you're not perfect, it appears as though you're not following your priorities or safety was not the top priority on this particular day. Now, was it Mr. or Mrs. Corporate Rep? How are you going to get out of that one? Unbelievable. Let's go to another one. Company Z. Company Z is committed to a safe and efficient operation and has installed a comprehensive safety awareness program to accomplish this goal. Again, why are you putting this on the website? Only gonna lead to cross-examination questions. Here we go. Company Z has one of the best safety records in our industry. I don't know what that means. Better be true. And how is it true? Do you have those stats? Crazy stuff. Let's see if I can find another one here. And here's a good one. Here's So here's a good one, okay? And these folks, I know these folks, they figured it out. So they changed their entire website, changed all the language after they saw me speak. And when you go to the about us, right? That's where all this stuff is, the about us tab on the website. And this is a message from the CEO. And it describes the company, describes their goals, describes the culture, okay? What they want to accomplish, customer service. The word safety is no, and there's, let's say one, two, three, four, five, six. There's seven tabs, seven tabs on this website. The word safety does not come up. And you wanna know why? Because it's not necessary. <laughs> Now, this company, because I talked to this guy today, thanked me. Okay, he's not losing business because he took all the safety garbage off of the website. Okay. If a if a plaintiff attorney goes to this website, they're not going to get anything off of it. Okay. So we talked about policies and procedures. We talked about websites. This is all preventable. So defense counsel, go to your clients' websites. Okay, go through, 
you know, be, be a plaintiff attorney for a couple hours and try to pick on some things and then go back to your client and say, hey, this stuff's going to be used against you. You may want to change this. Go over those policies and procedures. Because if you don't, all this stuff is coming up in cross-examination. So yeah, so today we did, uh, I gave a day-long seminar yesterday. Oh my gosh, uh, my feet hurt, my back hurt, my, my legs hurt, everything hurts. And, uh, but it went really, really well. And we covered nuclear verdicts, we covered reptile. And something I want to reiterate about reptile is that one of the main goals in reptile is really to beat you and outmaneuver you in discovery. That's one of the goals. And they're coming after those witnesses. And if they reptile your witnesses and it's on videotape, that's going to lead to a nuclear, because you have to pay on that case. You have to pay to get rid of it. Pay, pay, pay. Because if you go to trial, you know, you're going to be, you're, you're done, right? There's your nuclear verdict. Okay. A lot of this, much of it, if not most of it is preventable, but you have to have solid, effective witness testimony. So let's go to the reptile manual, page 173. Quote, the fear button for the insurance company and the self-insured is their awareness of a strong chance of a large verdict. Mm -hmm. A substantial differential between the final defense offer and a higher jury verdict can, ready, undermine careers and make heads roll. I'm not making this stuff up, guys. I'm reading right from the manual right now. Reptile Revolution, 2009. It's the ever-present guillotine of the profession. That's my favorite sentence, by the way, because it's true. It's the ever-present guillotine of the profession. So start, start by finding out whose head is at stake. This is tricky, but it's essential. Final sentence. Ultimately, someone's head is at stake for the decision. That's where the fear button will be. Ladies and gentlemen, that is 100% accurate. That's what they're doing. That is what they're doing. They want the claim specialist, the outside counsel, and probably somebody internal at the company all to be worried about their head. There's a bad verdict. No one wants to lose their head. And that's how settlements, nuclear settlements happen. You know, defense counsel, like, I, I ain't losing my head over this case. Claim specialist, you know, I ain't losing my head. Company owner, I ain't losing my company. Well, fair sell the case for much more than it's actually worth. So a large part of that reptile strategy, they don't want to go to trial. It takes too long multiple years, four, five, six years sometimes, they don't, want, they don't want to do that. They'd rather have your money early. After a year and a half of discovery, some bad depositions, you have no negotiation power or leverage. They've got your corporate rep, your safety director, whoever, on videotape with your witness saying, yes, 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 yes. Those are... 
some expensive depositions. So you 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 want to you want to avoid a lot of this stuff. Have your witnesses properly prepared and trained. And those are two different things. Prepared is going over case documents, strategy with the attorney. Trained by us. Okay. Gotta have an expert in psychology, neuropsychology, social psychology. Because that's where all the key, that's where all the huge mistakes are being made. And that's really what the reptile attack is. It's a neurocognitive attack on your witness's brain. And your witness's brain is not prepared for that. It has to be rewired, retrained to handle the reptile attack, know where to go, where not to go. And that, I tell you, what, that's hard work. It's a lot of what I do. Very, very successful at it. We, we have cracked the code. We got the plan. And that's from the janitor or the truck driver all the way up through the CEO, the corporate rep, safety director. Got different training programs for each of those people. Okay. Thank you for listening to this version of the Litigation Psychology Podcast. I am Dr. Bill Kanaski. This is brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time.